for tuning in. This is Cam and Sam. Hello, hello. And um, today we're talking forgiveness, and it's going to be a little hard because the show is all about everyday topics through a therapist's lens. But this topic that Sam chose, forgiveness, <laughs> I have a feeling parts of like Cammy the person is going to come out, not necessarily the therapist, and I don't know if that's good or bad. Yes, this is definitely one of those tough topics that's hard to tackle and that it is challenging and it definitely fits into the category of being in the gray. It's definitely in the gray, which is right. A little fun fact about our show. This is why it's called the gray is because life is not lived in two polar extremes. It would be great if things were black and white, but it's lived in the gray areas of life and forgiveness is that. Yeah. And the remarkable thing to me about forgiveness is that at some point in our lives, we're going to be victim or perpetrator. Oh, and the, right. And as the perpetrator, we often want people to forgive us. And as the victim, we, or the offended, we actually find it more difficult to forgive people. Oh, absolutely. Because we want people to forgive us because we know our intentions and our motives. And with forgiveness, sometimes, unless the struggle is, you know, forgiving ourselves, we want to give ourselves a pass, but it's really hard. It feels like forgiveness sometimes feels like it's giving someone else a pass. Yeah, it begins with self. I think how we view ourselves is generally how we project ourselves into the world. So like self-esteem, self-love, self-appraisal, self-value. Acceptance. Acceptance. And I think it goes the same way with forgiveness. If we can forgive ourselves, we can, not saying it's easier, but we can have a groundwork or foundation for knowing what it means to forgive others. Okay, so I'm hearing the words that you're saying, but I'm emotionally kind of freaked out because forgiveness is one of those things that I have brought to therapy myself and that I have worked with my therapist. And Mm -hmm. something she said that just was like a knife in my heart um, is that, Cammie, in order for you to really heal Mm -hmm. and for us to get this Band-Aid off of your gunshot wound... Mm -hmm. (laughs) You are going to have to forgive. And I just was like, no, absolutely not. Like, I definitely want to hold on to this forever. I kind of don't know maybe who I am without all my little grudges keeping me safe at night. Yeah, but because forgiveness is not really about the other person. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) It's about you. I know. I get it. I get it in my head, but it can't, sometimes it can't sink down to my heart. It doesn't feel like I'm freeing myself from prison. It feels like I've got to forget and let go of the wrong. Well, and I don't want to do that. Well, I'm glad you said that because maybe that is the challenge is we were taught or made to believe that forgiveness is forgetting. Uh, and actually, those words have historically been synonymous with each other. Yeah. Forgive and forget. Yeah. And anybody who's ever been wrong, I don't think we we forget it. We might repress it or try to pretend like it didn't happen. But or rush it. Rush forgiveness. Yeah. It's a process, right? Yeah. It takes time. And that's hard for us, especially when we have been the offender. We want people to get over it. Forgive me. Build a bridge and get over it. Yeah. I said I was sorry. Yeah. And and, uh, yeah, sorry. What does that mean? Yeah. You about the sorry. (laughs) As I heard someone say, you know, sorry. What does that mean? You know, to, to, to equate repentance with restitution is a mistake. See, we often think repentance means restitution. Second chances. Yeah. I'm sorry. And I feel bad. You take somebody's life. 
right? And you go before the judge and for the court, you make a sob speech. I'm sorry for what I did. That doesn't bring back the person whose life you took. Mm. And so sometimes we think that by getting someone to say they're sorry means that they have to come back and restore everything that they took away from us. I'm so glad that you said that because I think that was a huge hang up with kind of my church roots Mm -hmm. and a lot of the church hurt. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know how we talk about forgiveness without bringing in our personal uh, maybe beliefs because I was taught about forgiveness through uh, the church, through Christianity. And um, I kind of coined the phrase toxic forgiveness because Mm -hmm. what I was taught was Mm -hmm that forgiveness is forgetting and that if Jesus on the cross (laughs) and God has cast our sins as far as East is from the West and remembers no more. And right. We got the blood of Jesus that washes away our sin and God Christ forgive forgives us. So Cammie, you need to forgive like Christ does. And I mean, from a tiny girl, I just remember thinking in my mind, like I'm not God. I'm not Jesus. Like I don't think I have, that superpower. And so for me, forgiveness on that level is just like supernatural. Yeah, it, it, it is supernatural in a way. I mean, it's 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 something that brings you outside of yourself to see a bigger picture. Why would a person treat me this way? Mm-hmm. Was it that they were innocent and they didn't mean it? Was it that they were ignorant and they just didn't have the knowledge or the information or... They're malicious? Are they evil? Are they selfish? Well, they immature. Yeah. Sometimes we regret things we do in youth. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we're in a bad place in life. I think compassion is what brings you in a place where you can forgive. Compassion, having a compassion for that person to try to see what, were, what place they were in. I was thinking about Botham John, who was killed in Dallas by the police... Uh, officer Amber Geyer, I think. And when his brother went into the courtroom and he said, I forgive her. And he hugged her. People around the world were like, how could he do that? I was reading comments. I couldn't do that. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Because it's, it's not natural to want to make amends. Yeah. And, and to, but it's necessary. And uh, y'all heard the cliche hundreds of times forgiveness is like unforgiveness is like drinking the poison and expecting the other person to to die die. you know we heard that but i don't even know if it's that i think it's just drinking the poison well bitterness is a poison i also think resentment is too unforgiveness um for me it's like a heaviness and it's worse than grief for those of us who have grieved things. And, um, I know you talk about compassion and sometimes I think in our search for compassion and empathy, we rush the process of forgiveness and we never deal with the hurt and the pain it caused. We're just expected to hurry, rush and forgive. And another part of what I call toxic forgiveness is, um, has to do with tolerance and giving people second chances. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want any listener to think forgiveness is cookie cutter and it needs to be the same and right. it needs to be the same for every offense or for every hurt or for every painful moment. Right. You can, like, I think you touched on this earlier, have forgiveness and never see that person again. Yeah. Have forgiveness and they don't have second chances. Have forgiveness and have really good, strong boundaries um, that are self-protecting, especially if that person who right. wronged you hasn't changed. 
Yeah, and I'm not letting you off the hook. I'm letting myself off the hurt and the hate. Mm, that's uh, and Say that again. I'm not, I'm not letting you off the hook. You know, I'm not saying that you weren't wrong and that that you don't deserve what you have coming to you, which is not really up to me anyway. Life has a way of sure. uh, of balancing those things out. But I'm saying I'm letting myself off of the hurt uh, and the emotion. It's not that I don't remember what you've done. I no longer have the emotion tied to it. That's so true. Uh, I no longer uh, am affected by your presence, your absence or your presence. No, and- you're right, Sam, because here's the thing. I'm thinking while you're talking and you you were like singing my song and it's good <laughs> because, yeah, I, when I'm working on there, when I'm working this personal with okay. my therapist about mm-hmm. forgiveness, there wasn't like this moment in time where I had this God moment and the sky parted and a dove came down and I looked up and said, I forgive and just made a list of all the people who have ever hurt me or wronged me. But in my therapeutic work of processing my pain and the hurt and the blah, 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 fill in the blanks, the forgiveness just came. And you're right. Like I'm no longer affected by the wrongdoing. The emotions aren't attached. The grudge isn't there. And one of my uh, very best friends, she always prays and she says that my heart of stone would turn into a heart of flesh. Yeah. And I, that's, that is what forgiveness does. Yeah. It like create, it take removes like this hardness yeah. and turns it back soft again. Yeah. There's a difference between guarding your heart and hardening your heart. And I'm a hardening your heart kind of gal. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. And, and sometimes, but the heart is resilient. It like, is. like think about, Let's, let's, let's use this metaphor. Oh gosh, I love metaphors. It, uh, Give it to me. In the physical, right? The okay. heart pumps. The heart can pump. And actually what strengthens the heart is exercise, okay. which makes the heart work harder, pump more blood, which in turn makes it more suitable for the conditions that you want to get to. Whether you want to run a half marathon, a marathon, uh, climb a hill, whatever that is, you have to put your heart through the work. It might hurt a little bit. It might beat faster. At first, your heart rate's going to be high. But a runner's, when I was running half marathons, my resting heart rate was in the 60s. We get it, Sam. 50s. We get it. You're a runner. You know, professional NBA players is super low. But now it's probably in the 80s. (laughs) So I actually can tell what kind of condition I'm in by by checking my resting heart rate on on the... Think about it. What's your spiritual and emotional resting heart rate? If I'm I'm reading you right, the more you work out these emotions with forgiveness, you're in shape. You can bounce back better. Your heart comes back stronger, but you don't realize it. Yeah. I go through crap. I go through mess. I'm run through the ringer. I learn how to forgive. I'm a better person. I'm a stronger person because life is just a series of challenges to be met and masters. mastered. And most people go through life getting hurt and being shocked about it as if that hurt is just a part of life. My philosophy is feel everything, mm. feel the joy, the exuberance. But we wouldn't know what joy and exuberance and love and just excitement is and peace is without the antagonist, which is, hey, the heavier depression, things. broken hearted, hardness. How do you know what 
how love feels so good is because I've had a broken heart. But here's the thing. And I don't, I, I I'm going to challenge that because it Please sounds do. great and it's very inspirational. And I think some of us are really good. And it, what I'm hearing a lot uh, come out is basic resilience. But what about people who are fragile? Because like, what you're describing is someone who's super bouncy, like a dodgeball, who is just going to bounce around and come back and, you know, be able to tackle things. But what about those of us who are like fragile eggs and they're just walking through life because of major traumatic things that have happened to them? And right, nobody wants to just live and sit in their trauma soup. Well, I'm probably... Speaking of checkpoints, like I'm probably saying what it's like when you get to the destination. Uh, and I think what you're speaking to is the journey. You're right. You know, I'm, I'm saying point A, I was low and I don't even know how I got back to, you know, a high point again. But I know the vehicle was forgiveness. The vehicle was release. The vehicle was was acceptance. People need help with that. Yeah. And that, that's a process, but it's just like, it's just like the heart. If I'm going to run in a marathon, I have to train for it. What I'm trying to say is if we would view it, what we're going through is this is training for what there has to be a greater purpose in it. Like when I come out of this, when I get through the, and this is the optimist in me talking. And I know that, that, you know, I know you're not trying to we be a get it, Sam, you're full of hope. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm a hope great. dealer. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, but I think, that's part of forgiveness too. The hope that it won't always be like that. Like you have to actually believe when you're working through the process that you can. What do you envision as being possible for yourself? Some people don't see it possible that they can forgive, possible that they can get over this, possible that they can feel joy again. Yeah. And I had to make the choice that I don't want to live like this anymore. So yes. yeah. Yeah. Kristen, my therapist. Okay. Like I want to forgive. Let's like, I, I, I want to see what life is like without this heaviness, without right. my little grudge friends. And you got to believe that it is possible. Yeah, like, it totally is. Uh, my Angelo again, one of my favorites. I'm human. Nothing is foreign to me. What another person can do, what one woman or one man can do, another can do. Yeah. So if there are stories out there about forgiveness, we have to connect and identify with them. I heard something before that said, even though I am unique, my story is not somebody's been through abuse, somebody's been through divorce, somebody's been left, somebody's raised kids by themselves, somebody's been cheated on, somebody's been lied on, somebody's been, you know, and, and they're they're telling their stories. You're not alone, basically. You're not alone. And isolation is part of the, it as well, because I am going through this. Why did this happen to me? Yeah. I will never get out of this. Is my life destined to be with it? Am I going to always? No. Forgiving you, hey, we might not kick it again. Right. And I'm not going to let you into my space and I'm not going to keep letting you abuse me. But when I see you, I don't feel anything. Yeah. Because I've released you. I'm done actively hating you. <laughs> well, it's almost, I hate to say it, it's almost like being indifferent. Sure. Because that's... It's that's, neutral. Yeah, it's, it's neutral when I see you. What do you see? It's like if somebody sees their ex-girlfriend, what do you see when you saw your ex-girlfriend? Wow. <laughs> and you'll be you'll be obsessed. Oh, when I saw her, I got mad again because it brought up when you see it, Ross, I see I feel absolutely nothing. Yeah. I don't feel excited about it or I don't feel like 
hey, it's good to see her, are like, oh my gosh, I hate her. Right. I don't want the best or the worst, but I think the cool thing about forgiveness is it's not activating anymore and it's not bringing out the worst in you. Right. And I don't know, that's what it's been for me. Um, self-forgiveness is probably a whole other topic. How much time do we have, Sam? Uh, we got enough, enough time we need. You know, How many minutes have we been going? Because well, I, I have to, uh, I think we're about a minute 16 or so, but I, okay. I need to, you know, for me, that's a journey as well. Because Self-forgiveness? Well, just forgiveness. Am I saying that right? Self, forgiving, forgiving, yourself. forgiving yourself, yeah. forgiving, forgiving, self. Forgiving, forgiving oneself. Yeah, Sorry. but no, I think it was good. <laughs> My mine is sometimes, um, and I know how I am. I had to be learn to be patient with others because um, I've tend to when it comes to that topic, uh, not really a grudge holder. And I'm not saying that braggadociously or something's good. It's come with its downsides as well sure. uh, because sometimes um, I had to be careful of not letting people back. And to do it over again I because know. I just kind of said, oh, they're just harmless. Like there was a show. You, I don't know if you remember the show where people take all these deadly animals and they try to like live with them. It was on Discovery Channel oh or National gosh. Geographic. So I, I got a, I, I, I remember one in particular, there was a Komodo dragon. <laughs> and the guy, <laughs> <laughs> he had a Komodo dragon in his apartment. <laughs> Okay. And, and what happened? And so, so one day the Komodo, the guy went there and they found him dead. And uh, they were like, shocker. And they like the Komodo dragon, I guess, got hungry or something. And no, the man got hurt or something. And the Komodo dragon, uh, the man passed out. That's what happened. <laughs> and he passed out of the apartment for like a day or two. And the Komodo dragon got hungry and ate him. And like people have poisonous snakes. Or one guy was in New York and Brooklyn and he had a, tiger in his apartment and the tiger i don't like, feel sorry for these people i'm sorry i don't well but why don't we feel sorry for people who deal with toxic people who keep letting toxic people you you're playing with fire you're playing with this person you know they bite and you oh, know yeah. they're vicious but yet you think you can live with it you think you can put up with it again you yeah welcome to therapy <laughs> right yeah i mean we have a t- t- a whole caseload filled. I can clients. change them. Oh gosh! Oh, I mean, the list goes on and on and on and if on. And they on. experience my love. My love will turn them around. Like I can, you know. I mean, and that's really for all of us. All of us have things and allow things in our life because of how our trauma, how our backgrounds, how our people pleasing, how all of our stuff is set up for different reasons why we. Keep allowing the same mess back through the door. And sometimes, I mean, it takes processing. And for me, with a client getting down to the reason why, right? The root, the touchstone, the reason yeah. why. Yeah. And um, so that's really, really, really important. And a lot of it, the work is um, being really self-aware, getting to know yourself more, forgiveness of self, which is really hard to do for some clients, and, um, you know, starting a new chapter. Yeah, and all the words of the old Chinese proverb, let go or be drug. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and sometimes it's just, you know, if you keep getting dragged or drug, you know, however. <laughs> it's what, late. Yeah. If, if, if you're going to continue to be... 
brought along on a journey that you don't really want to participate in and in somebody's life and in somebody's space that's toxic or harmful for you or just keeps opening wounds. Yeah. You have the power. And if you're listening out there today, no, you, you have the power, you know, it's like even self-esteem it's called esteem of yourself. You know, I have the power within me to see how I see myself. I have the power to say, I want to be around this person. I want to be in this environment. I can let go. Now, how long it takes to let go, how I let go, when I let go. Yeah, but I I can't, I can do it. Don't be helpless. You are not helpless. You're not a casual observer in your own life. Well, you're not a hostage in your own life. And I mean that, you know, um, really metaphorically, some of us are, can be hostages to certain situations, but just to empower you with, you do have a choice and, you know, I'm huge with uh, giving main character energy. And what I mean by that is just empowerment and waking up every day and assessing your life and saying, what works for me? What doesn't? And if today's the day where you're like, you know, I want to work on forgiveness. I'm ready to let this stuff go. And if I need to, like me, take these band-aids off, these gunshot wounds and seek some help and somebody who knows how to clean them. And it was painful for a hot minute, but it's finally healed. Mm. And, um, and then we are on to the next gunshot wound and of our experiences and our past. So I say when I just want to encourage you to be thinking about forgiveness, search your heart, soul up and down and whatever grudges you're holding on to start thinking about releasing them. Yeah. And stop being that. You said main character. We're not even supporting cast. You know, we're not even supporting characters. We're extras. The extras on the sets just standing around in the background, like just hiding out and just watching Kevin Costner, you know, or Denzel Washington do their thing. And we don't even know who they are. Who are the extras on Training Day? Or who are the extras right. on Unforgiven? Or who are the extras? We don't know. So you can't be that in your own life. You have to be the main character. And not even a support. You're just the extra, just hanging out. Oh, I'm just watching other people destroy me. I'm just... Yeah, yeah get in the game. Yeah, being, being assertive with your life means being assertive even when people harm you. Doing what you, what you have to do in order to take care of yourself. Yeah, take a get, stand. Throw down a boundary. Speak up. Yeah. Yeah, being again, I always say being an advocate for myself. Advocate, wow, and, how classy! And that—that is—that is what it means to, you know, to 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 seek to make things right. Then I think the ultimate goal of all this, before we wrap up today, is peace. That's worth more than money. That's worth more than any trip can get. It's worth more than any other person can give you. Peace of mind, mm. which comes from I've done my part. Ownership and responsibility. Yeah, I've gone to them. I've tried to make amends. And I accept that they we can't go back. We can't, can't unscramble eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's spilled milk. Yeah, and forward looks different for everybody. And lastly, I would say when I ask all of my clients to tell me the story of their life, mm-hmm. none of them show up in their story. 
I hear about their husbands, I hear about their wives, I hear about their partners, I hear about their kids, I hear about their career, I hear about their trauma, I hear about their childhood, mm. their parents. Mm-hmm. And when I summarize, I a, a big light bulb moment happens when I say, you just told me the story of your life and you mm. were never in it. Wow. I know more about all these other things, but I still don't know who you are. Yeah. And it's a great place to start. Wow. So you were just the cameraman. I'm sorry. I'm going <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to find all the, you know, but but I will I will say this because I really wanted you to have the last word. So <laughs> I'm going to say this and happen. then you got to close it out. Oh, gosh. Uh, I was thinking about this as well. If you want to change the narrative, change the, change the writer. Uh, sometimes uh, we, or you want to change the story, rather, I want to say something profound and don't even get it right. <laughs> If you want to change the story, change the narrative. Who's narrating the story? I like changing the writer. Yeah, the, but the writer is doing the narrative. Yeah. Like, you want Morgan Freeman telling your story, mm-hmm. your narrative. You know what I mean? Like, right now, it's you. Like, you want to change my story. Like, am I a victim or am I an overcomer? I think the chapters are different because we're supposed to change. We're supposed to change. So chapter nine, Cammie's story, looks very different than chapter 11 right now. I wrote both chapters, but I'm different. I've grown in chapter 11. So my story is going to be different than in chapter nine when I was all hard and heart and grudgy grudge and mad at the world. And so I like your metaphor better when the story changes, when the writer changes. Because writer, us, we are supposed to change. We are supposed to grow. Our story shouldn't be the same every damn chapter of the book. Yeah, and you can't let nobody else write your story. No. And, it's your and, story. Yeah, stop letting other people write ghost writers. The writers are on. You can't let you can't go on strike uh, <laughs> and, and write, you know, I'm not writing anymore. And then you begin to let other people write your your story. Take your pen back. Take your pen back. <laughs> stop. You don't need a ghost we writer. We really went off on the whole <laughs> story writer thing. I feel like that was great. Done. Yeah. So <laughs> we definitely crash landed, but that's okay. Sometimes you crash left. Forget forgive us. yourself. Yeah, you got to forgive yourself. And uh, you don't. You're not perfect. You're not going to end every podcast perfect. You're not yeah, going to stop trying to be perfect. Stop trying to live a life without hiccups and mishaps. And and you know when I look at my scars, instead of saying I've been cut, I say I've been healed. Hmm. And it all depends on how you look at your scars because I got scars on me and some of them I can remember how they happened. Some of them I can't. But all that meant is that my skin, uh, my blood clotted and my skin healed as it was supposed to. Scars are there to me to remind me that I've been healed. It's good. I didn't bleed out. Yeah. I made it. Yeah. And they make me look, and, and I'm tougher. I know. I wish I appreciated and liked my scars. Instead of saying I'm healed, I make up a really great story about how I got there. And people laugh. They don't believe me. It's very dramatic kind of thing. Yeah, I'm I'm healed. I I I survived that deep cut, and I'm healed, and I got the the mark to prove it. Yeah, that's good. And I'm still here, despite of hey. And if you're listening today, congratulations. You have survived a hundred percent of your worst days. I'm, and the, and the thing about the good days and bad thing, days, what they have in common is they both end. Yeah. No matter what. 
No matter what. Thanks, guys. Cam and Sam. I'll see you next time.